Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Holy Gospel found in St. Luke, the fifth chapter. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is God's word. Christians have an intense interest in being good disciples. There is no shortage of Christian churches out there that have some sort of mission statement saying they exist to make disciples, to train disciples, to prepare disciples. We know we are called to be disciples. That word is found most prominently at the end of Matthew's gospel. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. We often associate the word disciple with what Peter and James and John did in our gospel. It says they left everything and they followed. Jesus. We associate being a disciple with following Jesus, which we often think we're either doing pretty well or not so well. And because we all want to be good disciples, we all get focused on am I being a good follower or am I being a bad follower and do I need to improve? problem is the word disciple doesn't really have anything to do with following, although that often goes with it. The word disciple is more closely aligned with the English word student. A disciple is a student who sits at the feet of a teacher. And therefore, a disciple is rightly focused on the words of their teacher. Now, this is so important because we think that being a disciple is about following. In other words, doing better as a Christian. So many people think the Christian, some of you have heard me say this in Bible study, they think it's like trying to climb a mountain, right? That when you become a Christian, you start at the bottom, And then through all your life in Christ, you're supposed to climb up the mountain and get a little bit better on, better as you go on the way. The thing is, you find out as you're trying to climb that mountain of living a good life, you're going to fall on your rear line and roll back down to the bottom. If we're to compare being a Christian to climbing a mountain, that's going to be going up a little bit and falling back down, going up a little bit and falling back down even further, maybe progressing a little bit, we do a little bit better, but we always fall back down to the bottom because disciples still remain sinners. Instead, let's focus on a disciple being someone who hears the words of their teacher. Who sits at the feet of the teacher to hear what the teacher has to say. 
Now that may not seem to fit with the text because Peter did, after all, along with James and John. Leave everything, it says, to follow Jesus. And isn't that what we often in our minds think being a disciple is? I have to leave everything behind. Right? I have to put aside my my earthly wealth, my earthly happiness, earthly comforts, and, and go. Be on the move. Go wherever Jesus leads me, right? Then I'm a disciple. But the heart of being a disciple is found in what happened with St. Peter before he left everything and followed. St. Peter had what we would call an Isaiah moment. Isaiah in our Old Testament lesson has an encounter with the throne of God. He sees the Lord God sitting upon his throne. The seraphim surrounding him, crying out with their song, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And at the sight of God, upon hearing the the song of the seraphim, what does Isaiah do? He cries out, Woe is me, I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. Isaiah recognizes that there's no way he should be able to be in the Lord's presence. It's a terrifying thing to stand in the sight of a holy God. Yet upon doing so, one of the seraphim we read takes a coal from an altar and places it on Isaiah's mouth and says, Behold, this has taken away your sin. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. When Isaiah encountered God in his holiness, God in his mercy took away his sin so that he could bear to be in God's presence. St. Peter has an Isaiah moment. He encounters the Lord not in the throne room of heaven surrounded by seraphim, but on a fishing boat. He encounters the Lord Jesus bringing about a miraculous catch of fish. And Peter knows what's going on here. You know, we always credit St. Peter as being the blockhead of the New Testament, sort of the Charlie Brown, right? Just never gets it. Foot in his mouth all the time. He's like Lucy, right? When Lucy pulls the football away and Charlie Brown falls on his head all the time. That's St. Peter always making the mistakes, right? Always saying the wrong thing. But here, Peter knows what he's talking about. Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord calls Jesus Lord. And he knows that somehow he's in the presence of God and he's not worthy to be there. But Jesus in his mercy restores Peter, lifts him up, and calls him to go to work. You see, we think of St. Peter becoming a disciple and leaving behind all his earthly comforts, right? What must it have been like to follow Jesus? 
to leave everything behind. And indeed, Peter would have left behind his occupation as a fisherman. We know from earlier in the Gospel of Luke that Peter had a wife, so he left his home. Maybe he had children, we don't know. But he left behind his family to go where Jesus went. He did leave behind a lot of earthly things. But you know what else St. Peter left behind when Jesus called him to be a disciple? He left behind his shame. He left behind his guilt. He left behind his sin. I didn't learn what it meant to do that until later on. But this morning I want you to think about that as being the heart of being a disciple. We think that being a disciple means giving up our earthly comforts. But what the Lord Jesus Christ wants you to leave behind today isn't your job or your money or your house or your family. He wants you to leave behind your sin, your guilt, and your shame. Because he has already gone to the place where you can't follow him. He's already gone to his cross. Where he went alone. By himself. Bearing the sins of the whole world. Peter couldn't go there with him. In fact, Peter, in another moment of foolishness, denied his Lord. But only Jesus could go anyway. Only Jesus could take Peter's sin, your sin, and my sin to his cross and pay for it all in his blood and share the good news of that by means of his word. Remember, a disciple is first and foremost a student. A student listens to the words of the teacher. And what word does your Lord Jesus Christ have for you, you are forgiven, you are redeemed. Behold, your sin is taken away, just like Isaiah. Your guilt is atoned for, just like Isaiah. Leave behind your guilt and your shame and your weakness. Leave it all behind. And hear the word of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that takes it all away and leaves it in the rear view. That, dear children of God, is the heart of being a disciple. Knowing where to leave your sin and your guilt and your shame because it's all paid for in the blood of Jesus Christ. See, though we carry crosses in this world, and Jesus has told us that we will carry a cross, we will encounter difficulty and hardship for carrying his name. He does not call you to go to his cross with him because he's already done it. You see, following Jesus is not as hard as you might think because, dear children of God, you know where Jesus is. When Peter left everything behind to follow Jesus, he knew that in his Lord Jesus, he should be wherever that Lord was. And you know 
where your Lord Jesus is as well. He's here in his word. He's here in the forgiveness of sins. He's here in the body and blood he gives you for your forgiveness. He's here where the people of God dwell together in communion with one another. Following Jesus doesn't mean wandering about the world, chasing after some sort of higher purpose. Following Jesus means sitting at his feet and hearing the word he speaks to you. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, which I quoted earlier, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He told his disciples to make disciples by teaching. You are being made a disciple when you hear the word of God, when you hear Christ our Lord say, it is finished. Your sin is paid and full. And of course, Jesus, after that command, left a promise to his disciples. He told them, go make disciples, baptize them and teach them. But he also said, I am with you always to the end of the age. You don't have to look for Jesus. You don't have to wander about thinking he's leading you on a wild goose chase throughout this world. He's here in his word of forgiveness. He's here with hope and life and salvation. So dear friends, leave it all behind. All your sin, all your burdens, all your shame. Leave it and know that Christ, your Lord, your teacher, and your master, redeems you by his blood. And like Peter, like Isaiah, he takes away all of your guilt and sin. Thanks be to God. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.